This is The Candidates, a limited podcast series by Only Sky Media, highlighting non-religious candidates in the 2022 midterm elections. I'm your host, Sarah Levin. In this episode, I'm speaking with Jessica Katzenmeyer, who's running for the 5th State Senate District in Wisconsin. If elected, she'll make history as the first openly transgender woman to serve in the Wisconsin legislature. In this episode, we cover access to health care, LGBTQ rights, marijuana policy, and more. I'm here with Jessica Katzenmeyer, who is running for the 5th State Senate District in Wisconsin. Welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you so much for having me. So I'm going to start off uh, with a question that's definitely going to be interesting to our audience, which is how do you express your non-religious identity and how does it influence your values, both personally and as a candidate? To be honest with this question, I don't really get asked this a lot. And I think the best way I would describe myself is I would say I'm a humanist. And at the end of the day, it's really about what people want to, you know, in their lives in the district. I represent, I'll be representing a district of about 180,000 people. These are people from all different sorts of backgrounds, different religions, different views of life. And it's our job, I think, as electeds to represent everybody from a non religious uh, viewpoint, you know, and I think that's the most important thing here is that we don't really represent a a deity, we represent people. And that's how the best thing I think I could do when I am elected is to do what's best for my district, what's best for my state. Um, So what do you think you bring to the policymaking table that's unique and needed that Wisconsin doesn't have right now? Uh, Well, I am openly transgender. There's never been a transgender representative here elected to the state legislature in Wisconsin. I would truly be honored to be the first. I was the first uh, transgender woman to win a contested partisan primary here in Wisconsin back on August 9th uh, when I beat Tom Pazowicz by nearly 10 points in the primary. And I'm also, also slightly favored to win this race right now and State Senate District 5 in the western suburbs of Milwaukee is a very suburban area, you know, district. So you got, it's a very diverse district as well, too. And, uh, you know, the thing I'll bring to it is, is a different perspective because there's been nobody that looks like me in this legislature before. And this is one of the big reasons why I'm running, because I believe representation is so important. Uh we need people with different views, different ideas to bring that to the table. Another part of the reason why I'm running is uh, as, uh, my own healthcare story, and this is why healthcare is important in my platform. About three years ago, I'm currently 43 years old. I was 40 at the time. I almost died from a staph infection that got into my lungs, and I was in a coma for three days. I was in a hospital for a week altogether. And when you wake up you know, from a coma, you don't know where you are, and you're like, okay, you find out that you nearly died. It's like you hit kind of this wall, like, oh my gosh, I need to do something with my life here. I need to do something to take better care of myself. Uh, so the real shocker is after I got out of the hospital, I'm getting healthier and, you know, trying to better myself, you know, eat better, lose weight. I find out that if I did not have health insurance through the ACA, the Affordable Care Act, I would have cost me nearly $80,000 to save my life. This led me to running for my first time round of running for office when I ran for assembly back in 2020. Seven months later, I fell for my candidacy. 
and I was off running during a pandemic year and I was had its own challenges. This is why healthcare is very much a big part of my platform. So what Badger Care is, it's the state version of, you know, of uh, the Affordable Care Act. The Affordable Care Act is uh, what the federal government offers and Republicans have tried to gut that so many times but they have been really unsuccessful. And if you hear like people like Bernie Sanders talk Medicare for all, that's what he's referring to is for, uh, the, for the federal government providing healthcare coverage for people. So at the state level here, so we have the two different levels, you know, you got the federal level, you got state level, you know, you got you know, county level politics, you got uh, local level politics. So at the state level, that's what where our badger care comes in. This is our state level health insurance. And so one of the things I want to do with this is make sure that it's easily accessible for people who need it. Many people work part-time jobs and we're talking about multiple part-time jobs. And as you mentioned before, uh, there's a lot of small businesses here in our district. Uh, there is a, uh, a, um, a shop in the village of Wauwatosa, which is a suburb of uh, Milwaukee that's in our district. And the owner was telling us how much, how hard it is for her to even get things like health insurance for her own employees. And it's just so expensive. And uh, that's the stuff that we can look at when I'm elected into the state Senate is how can we make sure that these programs are funded enough and affordable enough for these business owners to take care of their employees like they want to. I wanted to move on to the medical marijuana issue because I was watching one of your interviews recently and you pointed out that um, over 80%, was it? Yeah. Or around 80% of um, Wisconsinites uh, support legalizing medical marijuana. Mm -hmm. So what is it that when you have such broad support, and I believe you, you mentioned in the interview there was a referendum, so I'm not sure where that landed if the legislature was able to just ignore it or overturn it or what happened there. So maybe you can share that with the audience as well mm -hmm. who aren't familiar. Um, what what are the politics that are, or maybe the cultural, you know, blockers that are preventing something that's so popular in Wisconsin from happening? Well, I think there's a couple of different factors here. And when I talk about uh, medical uh, marijuana and recreational marijuana here in my campaign, I like to talk about the economic side of things. Uh, we look at the Illinois, for example, is 35 minutes south here of the Milwaukee area of, you know, most places here in the Milwaukee area. So... When somebody decides to drive 35 minutes south to Illinois to uh, buy marijuana for whatever purposes they use it for, uh, that's money being taken out of our economy. Wisconsin dollars being taken out of here, put into Illinois economy. So I believe that first off, Wisconsin dollars should stay in Wisconsin. And that's the way I, I would want to see our state run. And, uh, and uh, the other thing is, too, the, a couple of different factors here come into play of why marijuana is not legalized yet is that the pharmaceutical companies lobby very hard against it because they want to try to keep their prescription drug prices high because they know that this is a more affordable option as well as a natural option. Marijuana is actually a, a natural substance here that you're, you know, you're smoking or whatever way you ingest it into your body. And also the Tavern League here lobbies hard against it. For some reason, they think that people are not going to go to bars when they are using marijuana, which to me is ridiculous because every time I seem like I go to a bar in downtown Milwaukee, there's always somebody smoking it outside, or at least I smell it out there. And 
I don't think that's really the case. Uh, so to me, the reason why that we're running on this is that I look at this as a nonpartisan issue. The referendum that happened was that you were referring to happened in 2018. And that was a statewide uh, referendum that was on the ballot. And more Wisconsinites favored legalizing it for recreational use as well as medicinal purposes. So if this is a nonpartisan issue, why hasn't it been taken care of yet? It makes no sense to me, you know? So what, well, first, I mean, maybe you can explain. So the referendum happened and then was the legislature not obligated to follow through? Well, I mean, that's also part of the problem too when the legislature is controlled by Republicans and both the uh, state assembly as well as the state senate. So we have you know 99 assembly seats and 33 senate seats in our legislature. And then you have a democratic, democratic governor. So a lot of times things are deadlocked that they don't really move anywhere or they get passed through and uh, vetoed uh, by the governor because those are the horrible GOP bills that he's been blocking. Uh, so that's that's a big part of the problem right there. And I I don't know why. And I look at the other benefits as well from legalizing marijuana. Like you got the sales tax benefits. A lot of states that have legalized it around us, Michigan and Illinois, they end up running an ad surplus in their, in their budget because of the sales tax. Uh, also, there's a decriminalization aspect. If, if there's nonviolent criminals in jail because of minor drug offenses, why are we spending $35,000, $40,000 of taxpayer money a year in jail to keep these people in jail when it's just a minor drug? That's per person? That's per person in Wisconsin. I don't know what it, is, what it is in other states or if that number has been updated since inflation, but that was, was the last numbers I had seen. And that's incredible to think about, $40,000 a year per person. Running as an openly trans candidate, how are you finding talking to voters on the ground? Is that Has that been something that, you know, they're really focused on the issues or do you get any sort of, um, you know, pushback or attacks or anything like that? How, is, how has it been? How has been your experience? Uh, things have been, for the most part, very positive. Uh, I mean, I do get some pushback for being trans and you all get occasional hate messages that come in my inbox from the campaign um, uh, email. And it's unfortunate that there's people out there who feel like they have to take the time to say those things when, you know, maybe, hey, keep your opinions to yourself if you don't have nothing nice to say. Uh, and I, I realized that, you know, my message is getting out there and we're doing something successful here in this campaign. And I always like to take the high road. If they want to go low, go ahead, go low. I'm just going to respond to it. I'm going to stay high and keep uh, on my positive message that we are bringing out in this campaign. And I've said this before in interviews too, my identity as being trans is very important to me, but that's not what this campaign is about. This campaign at the end of the day is about the people of the 5th Senate District. And this, what, what can we do for them? How can we make a positive impact on their lives? How can we achieve our dreams and our goals? That's great. Well, I'm sorry to hear you're getting those kinds of messages. But I, but it sounds like overall, would you say you feel safe campaigning out there? Yeah, I mean, I felt very safe. I mean, there's a lot of partisan bickering, you know. And to me, the way I look at things is why can't we work together. I mean, I've, I've said this before already, I'm a Democrat. I should be able to reach my hand out to the other side of the aisle. Okay, what kind of common ground can we find on this issue here? How do we move forward? How do we get this done? Because I'm so sick and tired of the partisan bickering. And I hear that a lot too from the constituents out there. 
I'm curious um, what your experience has been with Christian nationalism in Wisconsin. Are you seeing um, this play out at the, at the state level, at the local level? How is it impacting your district? Yeah, we're definitely seeing it here right now in our, in our state, which is unfortunate and it's very concerning because, you know, we, I think diversity is really what makes our country great. Uh, whether you're Christian, whether you're a, another religion, you know, uh, whatever that religion may be, or if you're non-religious or anywhere in between, whatever your views are, I feel, you know, this country is is founded on the basis of freedoms and uh, liberty and justice for all as, as the states, you know, and that means that people should be able to live freely how they want to. There's nothing that says that we are a Christian nationalist country in the Constitution. And that's a really scary path if there are legislatures that are really wanting to change things to make this country or state uh, going in that direction. And it, and, it, and it makes me nervous as well, too, which is why we need to have people like myself and people who have open views step up to the plate, run for office and challenge these people and make sure even if you're not running for office, you know, support candidates who support views like like we do and, and make our voices heard at the ballot box or make your voices heard if you're donating to a candidate. You know, it's like, hey, I'm supporting this person over you know, this this other candidate because of X, Y, Z. We have, for example, we have, we have Tim Michaels, who's the Republican governor candidate here, who's challenging our governor, Tony Evers, right now. And he's saying things like, uh, you know, abortion has been one of the key issues here in this race from the primary through the general. And Tim Michaels has been out there on record saying that he's going to look into banning women from traveling to other states to have an abortion. And a lot of me believes that this is all because of religious you know, principles, whatever they, they, they believe in. And it's not right. There's a thing called interstate commerce out there. And that, that would be very unconstitutional. But then again, with the way things have been going with the Supreme Court, um, I'm cut, you know, nothing really su- seems like it's going to surprise me anymore. And it's really scary. And as an LGBTQ woman, to me, LGBTQ rights is, is very important to me. Uh, and I'm really nervous about what the future of those rights might be as well, too. And I'm, a, I'm also bisexual as well. And I, you know, if I decide to marry another woman, I should be able to, right? And I, I do not want to see a country that I love go in that direction. And this is why I'm fighting. This is why I'm here. And this is why I'm needed here. So I, I want to shift gears a little bit and talk to you about just deciding to run. Um, we really want to encourage our readers to think more about running themselves. I know you told a bit of your story of being in the hospital. I, I did read about how that happened, right? So you, you your house, you're, you lost everything in a fire, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that, what, that entire experience and the following um, hospitalization was the motivation for you to run for office. Had you ever, prior to that happening, thought about running for office? I mean, politics have always been an interest to me. I, uh, I went to UW-Milwaukee and uh, Milwaukee, University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee. I got a degree in communication and minor in poli-sci from there. Uh, and in 2016, I was kind of running this like small little podcast thing I was doing. I had 
a state representative who is uh, out as being bisexual. She's a Latina woman. Her name is Jocasta Zamarita. And one of the things she told me after the show, and this is what really got me thinking, this is back in 2016, so six years ago. Uh, she goes, you know, there's never been a transgender woman who has been elected in the state legislature here. And then she told me, I'd love to see you to be the first. And she saw leadership in me, or she saw something in me. And it really got me thinking, and I, I really started preparing myself to get up to this point where I am now, six years later. Here I am as a competitive candidate who's hopefully on the cusp of being the first out trans person in the legislature. And it's, you know, it's very exciting. We've been running a very positive campaign and, and uh, people see that leadership out of me. What was the turning point for you when you're like, I'm going to do this? Well, I think, you know, when, you, when you're laying down in a hospital bed and uh, even after I got out of the hospital, I was still laying, I, I, you know, I still had some recovery time and I was laying in bed a lot and, you have a lot of time to think and it kind of just kind of comes to you. You're like, Hey, you know, 2020 is going to be our year, you know, three years ago, you know, two years ago, 2020 is going to be our year. And I'm sort of thinking, you know what? I can do this. I'm a working class woman. I don't have all the money in the world. I have a, a you know, two bedroom apartment here in a suburban city in the Western suburbs of Milwaukee. And I love where I live. I, I live pretty comfortably, but I, you know, there's times I still struggle. I'm a working class woman. I work a lot of hours. And, mm -hmm. you know, I think the important thing here is when somebody like me steps up to the plate, wins a big primary and is on the cusp of winning a big election in November, other people see this. And they're like, oh, wait, she, she did it. Look, maybe I could do it too. And, uh, you know, at 2020, when I lost my race... I became the closest Democrat to being an eight-year incumbent uh, state assembly person in 2020. During the pandemic, when we had to do everything virtually, like we couldn't campaign traditionally that year, um, it took a little while to realize what that impact of your campaign had. And I traveled to other places in the state for LGBTQ rights activism work that I do. That you know, it's my passion, and I advocate for victims of domestic violence as well too. And there'll be people saying, "Hey, I followed your race." It's so, such an honor to meet you. And it just kind of makes my heart melt. Like, this is why I'm doing what I'm doing, is to make an impact on people's lives. Because I know I can. And I, I do want to ask kind of one last kind of advice question, which is, so I guess it's two parts, right? For the folks that we're hoping will listen to this and be like, you know what, I'm going to run. You know, what, what would your advice be for them? And then for the folks who are like, I'm definitely never going to run for office. That's not for me. But I do want to support candidates like Jessica Katzenmeyer, what do, what do I do in my local area, including if they're you know not in Wisconsin? Well, I think the best advice is if you want to run, uh, do some trainings. Uh, a lot of states will have uh, various training programs, uh, you know, whatever party you're affiliated with. If it's, you know, I, I, I don't know if I'm talking to mostly Democrats here, but if, if that's, you know, most, there's a lot of organizations who will offer uh, free trainings out there. So I would look into that. Uh, get to know who your electeds are in the area, get involved in your local county parties, um, you know, show up at protests, rallies, whatever they may be, or uh, if there's governor's races, show up there at their rallies, you know, and that's how you get to meet people and that's how you build a network and that's how people get to know who you are because that's going to be a key to being successful as a candidate. 
surround yourself and your and your team and your interns and your uh, manager or whatever your staff is uh, with people who have done this before so that uh, you can listen listen to them listen to what their advices are and the direction of what you want to take this campaign have a good plan going forward uh, if you don't want to run for office there's a lot you can do you know you could donate to campaigns that's a good way of showing support uh, money helps a lot with getting our message out that we need to. Uh, finally, other things you do, make sure you get out there and vote. Make sure of you course. learn yep. who your candidates are, what they stand on, uh, who is going to best fit your values and uh, what you believe in. Uh, you can still get involved. You don't have to, you know, you can still get involved in the county party meetings and not run for office. Uh, that's, mm -hmm. that's a good way of getting to know who your electeds are. Uh, say if there's a bill in your state that you don't like or uh, that you want to push through, connect with your local electeds. And that, and you can still make a difference that way. Well, wishing you all the best of luck in your campaign. Thank you so much for taking the time to, uh, to chat a little bit about, about what you're doing. Uh, thank you for all that you do. Uh, thank you as well for having me on here with you all today. The Candidates is a production of Only Sky Media exploring the whole human experience from a secular perspective. Visit us online at onlysky.media.